So welcome. <laughs> uh, hey, Tyler. Hey, John. Hey, so uh, so I'm John Anderson. Um, I work at Microsoft as a designer on Windows Dev Center, and uh, you might be hearing this from one in one of several places. Uh, you could be hearing this on Fantastic Neighborhood. You could be hearing this because I talked about it on the Bro C. Uh, your number one bro-hosted OC Rewatch podcast, or you could be hearing this because you're my my coworker, and I sent you a link to this. So uh, this is my day one rundown of the Games Developer Conference, and because I didn't want to talk into this mic by myself, and I know somebody who's a video games journalist, I invited Mr. Tyler Treese on. Hey, that's me. I'm Tyler Trees, and I'm a video games journalist, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, ostensibly, you you write about video games, and you're my buddy, so you're you're here for me, for us to talk about uh day one of GDC. Although hey, I'm not at GDC, sadly. No, no, you're not. You're in Pennsylvania. Which which is having their own mini GDC at my house. <laughs> Are you they're playing? Up, they're showing off Horizon Zero Dawn new oh. release. Oh yeah, yeah. No, we're we don't talk about PlayStation stuff here. But um, so so Tyler, I'm sorry. Uh, Halo Wars Two, hot new release. Oh yeah, that's a fantastic Windows and uh and Xbox release. So basically, Tyler, like uh, the idea of talking to a mic by myself sounded just insurmountable with my like social anxiety. What would I even do talking to a mic by myself? So thank you so much. For joining me, well, I'm I'm here to guide you along this journey. So, Mr. John Harrison. So, uh, so here's the thing about GDC 2017. Like 2016 was, it was super easy to pick out a theme. You could say, uh, 2016 is all about VR. 2016 is all about, uh, you know, inclusiveness and like, um, extending games to to you know to 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 uh, marginalized groups, uh. I could say that after day one, 2017, I've yet to identify a theme. The uh, the honeymoon with VR is certainly over. Like VRDC is not the like frenzy that it was last year. You know, um, it's cooled down and like you go to panels and it's like, oh, this is like a normal thing. So, so uh, I, I feel like everybody knew that was was going to happen. There's no general buzz yet. So that's a little weird for me. Um, I thought I was gonna have something going going right into it, but um, yeah, I have I have some panels I went to. Tyler, can can I tell you about them? Yeah, what panels? Like that's that's why I've always wanted to attend GDC because I love watching the panels and I can't afford that GDC vault. That's like eight hundred dollars or whatever. But um, they do post them on YouTube for free, and I I, I really enjoy watching those. So, so I went to a couple things that are, uh, you know, more or less to deal with like the business of developing games. Um, the first thing I went to was uh, uh, the Google, the, the Google Play keynote. Um, you know, Microsoft not a not exactly a big player in the like the mobile space anymore. Uh, I don't know. I use my Windows Phone all the time. <laughs> I have one too, uh, somewhere. Uh, but uh, like just looking over my notes, like uh, you know, the big thing it was like the big the biggest thing was to say like it was way too warm in that room. Like it was like it was at least seventy eight, seventy nine degrees at, at the start. But they like kicked off with <laughs> they kicked off with the summary of twenty sixteen. Uh, the biggest thing, obviously, like t- 
to ever hit mobile gaming ever was Pokemon Go. Um, Tyler, did you play a lot of Pokemon Go? Uh, no, because I live in the middle of nowhere, so it's really difficult for me to uh, like find Pokestops and stuff. Well, so here's what they had to say is like the the reception to Pokemon Go was 50 times what they what they expected it to be and um you know basically like you know, I have no idea what their server solution was, but obviously it, it did not scale. Um you know, they kind of chuckled about that, but like in a in a keynote where you're trying to talk about success stories like maybe not talking about like something that failed spectacularly because you like it didn't scale the way you want it to like hey uh maybe that's not the place but uh google wanted to talk about hardware releases too so they had pixel and daydream um you know google has a really interesting story about end-to-end and then like post end-to-end like uh you know additional engagement like youtube and stuff and uh, they have three mil- 300 million users in in, in uh, emerging markets. So, uh, you know, places where, like, we don't tend to think about video games being. So um, they talked about, like, 2017 features rolling out, like, sale pricing and uh, videos and screenshots being in store listings. I, I was, you know, those are things. Um and then they rolled out for a second, John. Um, that's their mobile VR solution, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like you slap, you, you you strap like a, a pair of a sweatpants to your face. Do you think like once it gets there, like that'll be like the VR that people like use the most? Because like using your phone's so much more like portable than you know lugging around. Like I have a Oculus, let's call it. Um, and, uh, you know, like, that's not really – that's stuck in a home. You can't really show people unless you invite them to your house. Well, so, like, um, I think I think more or less everybody's out there saying, like, it has to get to the point where it, it's as portable as that. But, like, here's the thing is, like, uh, as a person who's, like, experienced a bunch of higher fidelity, um, like, VR experience, VR, AR, MR experiences, like, where, like uh, – the the problem with like daydream is it's it's limited to the same things that like 360 video is limited to where where you have uh, only a few I'm 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 not like super up on the terms but degrees of uh, freedom and so like then you're like Oculus Vive uh, PlayStation VR like it has depth right like so you can like peek around and look at something and it's uh, it's it's a lot more immersive. So like, you know, I have a note down here that these like, um, more, these like more entry level VR experiences are, are very gimmicky and, uh, I, I, not really like, not even really the, the half step that, that people need to get to, um, whatever our, our fully immersed future is where we, we completely ignore other human beings. You know, you say, you say it's very gimmicky, but today Ubisoft announced um, Rabbids VR experience for Daydream available this spring. So if something's going to change that, you know, <laughs> how people look at it. 
so, and they will be our. It's gonna be the rabbits. So you're in luck because the only the only thing I have listed for the rest of this Google presentation is uh, Ni- the guy from Niantic came out and talked about how how uh, how Pokemon was way more popular than they could have anticipated, and uh, whatever they they had in mind didn't scale. Uh, they announced a Transformer game, uh, Chair, and, and Epic announced Battle Breakers, which, which look like a clicker. Um, uh, Netherrealm. I know it's probably hard to, like, anticipate Pokemon Go's success, but, like, how do you miss, like, how are you off the mark that badly? Like, that's obviously <laughs> a brand with so much nostalgia and, like. I don't know. That's just insane to me. That you walk out. You, you walk out and there. You say fifty. You say fifty. Like that's like it's such a huge number. Like, like I knew that became a phenomenon. Like but still, like fifty. Come on, man. Fifty is huge. Um, <laughs> yeah. So in my notes it says uh, Ubisoft announced VR Rabbids game. Um, oh my god! There you go. See, I, I'm sorry to spoil that awesome announcement. It. it, it Dude, it's I don't know. It's uh, it's a it's a lo-fi VR game. But like the big game announcement from them was uh, uh there's a studio called Spry Fox that announced um a game called Bear Topia. Uh, so Bear Topia is a uh helpful community game where every player is an immigrant and it's a cooperative VR village. Uh, okay, I thought it was going with bears in a different direction. Yeah, well, yeah. Dude, it, it it sounds really interesting. Like, I mean, like, um, you know, this is the first session of the day I went to, and like, to Google is very like they down dance around things, um, as a big company would, and and you know, like for one of the developers they showcase to say, hey, uh, to like also dance around things, but basically like say, hey, like you know, address social issues. Like here, we're we're creating a game. Where, uh, if you're not, like, I don't know if there's, like, some preventative measure for, against griefers, but, like, hey, this is a cooperative thing, and this is what we're doing. So, it, it seemed really interesting. All right. Moving along. Uh, so, I went to another panel called The Sound and Music of Hyperlight Drifter. Uh, Tyler, have you played Hyperlight Drifter? I haven't, but uh, the the game is. I know it's gorgeous, has great soundtrack, so this does interest me. So, um, the the, the sound designer and the uh, the music uh, producer are like two separate people. The uh, the the person who did the music, uh, I forget what his real name is, but he goes by Disaster Piece. He also did the the music for for uh, Fez. Yeah, fantastic uh, uh, music. Yeah, no, he's really good. And they played. Uh, Basically, they like in the intro, they were like, "Hey, we're going for like Evangelion, uh, like nightmare crunchy sound," and so this is like kind of weird for me as like a UX designer or like a developer focused designer to like go to this thing that is very so focused on sound design. Uh, but like they went through a very interesting like talk about the process of of designing things for for this game, and um. For like the sound design, they used a, uh, a wire recorder from the '50s, which is like a, a very old school mechanism for for recording sound, and uh, like, and then played that back into modern digital microphones, and then like distorted it from there. Um, 
and like you know use other interesting like recording mechanisms like recording from a, a stethoscope um i also have a, a note down here that that the one of the producers referred to uh gifs by their proper name as gifs um uh, no <laughs> and uh the the two the, like the difference between the, like the sound producer and the uh uh like the music guy like they went in very two in like two very different directions and like only talked like three different times during the production of the game, but like came back and made a very cohesive thing with very little um like abrasiveness and and I think that was really interesting from a uh, a production standpoint. Yeah, I'm surprised there wasn't more communication, but uh, the fact that it came out well is really uh cool. Well, so one of the things that, um that they talked about was like they the the guy that did this sound design used a very specific uh mechanism called a bit crushing and i'm not super familiar with this because like i don't deal with any sound design ever and the the guy that works on the music like a uh, disaster piece like he made a very explicit decision to not do any of that so like the fact that like they were doing these two different uh, approaches like uh, apparently worked out really well for them and like i mean there were there were times during the the hyperlife drifter talk like where they were the guy that did the sound design was talking about like well i just yelled into this mic and then tweaked this this and this and this and i was like and and it it ruined aspects of the games for me but like also was very interesting <laughs> yeah um, I, i'm always really like thrilled to hear about like how they change the sound in such weird ways. I got to talk to uh, Jason Graves last year who did Far Cry Primal's soundtrack and like just listening to him describe all the weird stuff he did, like he ended up cutting his hands open with like a knife at one point by accident and like all the crazy <laughs> stuff he's doing. Dude, uh, <laughs> like, it's just I, wild. I, for, I forget exactly what it was, but somebody during the, like, one of the two guys said, like, they, they, like, literally recorded themselves bleeding. Like, I think sound designers, I'm, like, officially in the, in the camp of sound designers being the craziest motherfuckers in, in game design. Um, oh, they're nuts, man. I love it. I just, I just love, like, how do you come up with this? And he's like, I don't know. Uh, so there's a thing. So, so Hyperlight Drifter is an incredible game, and I think everybody should play it. Like, it's it's a it's a really good uh action rpg sort of thing but there's a sound like i guess just like they decided that like the word shack jack was uh was really funny and they like it is kind of funny yeah shack jack is really funny but like they took the word the phrase shack jack distorted it's in the game is like a boss sound somewhere so it's like like (laughs) hearing where sounds come from is pretty funny um I went to a a thing called best practices for launching successfully on the Google Play Store. Uh, uh that's kind of boring. It's it's very business businessy, but they have uh they've rolled out the like the mechanism for like testing and retail basically. Like uh they they allow people to pre-register and uh do I mean the best the 
business of gaming is also very interesting. I, would, I, would I mean, gloss it, it how much I want to. you know, like it's it, like this is only interesting because for me, because like it's a comparison to the stuff I work on, on a daily basis. But like, you know, they're rolling out early access and like the idea of like sandbox environments and like it's a very limited thing for, for them as well. Uh, they have something called pre-registration where like you can, you know, enroll for to get a notification when like a free to play game rolls out that you're interested in. But like, you know, for me, it's like, why wouldn't you just like say, hey, I'm interested in that, like download it to my phone day one. Um, and there, there's like a heavy, it's, it's mobile gaming and they're like the, they're, they're out there talking about how, uh, influencers quote unquote, and you're an influencer, right, Tyler? Oh, totally. But I, I did see how Super Mario Run, which is still yet to arrive on Android, um, how they were had open like the pre-registration and stuff, and I'm like, that is so weird. Are you sure it's not there yet? Because they were talking about that. Uh, maybe it is. Okay, yeah. Maybe it is. Um, Let me check. So I went to a, a another panel called "It Takes Two to Tango: Integrating UX Research and uh, Production into EA." So this is like a, a pretty interesting panel, like considering I'm a UX designer myself and like, you know, the UX process is like something I, I live in, live and die by. Right. But like, like she was, she was the, the presenter here was really talking about like the different approaches that EA took to, to UX and like their, this applies to a lot of companies across the board. Like you could be central it's out of March. Uh, Super Mario runs out in March. So. Oh. <laughs> it's not that good. Don't download it. Um, so I, so, I enjoyed the game. <laughs> so it took it. Granted, it took me like eight weeks to beat the like two hour campaign, but still. Uh, my son, I it's it's good for my son to play. Um, so so she talked about like the UX at the UX like research initiative at ea and like they went through having centralized ux research decentralized ux research and then like a hybrid model and it seems like they're still not super sure on on uh what works best like just saying the two the, the first two you would think like oh hybrid okay of course we would do that um but there are disadvantages to like being in a hybrid model too is like uh because you risk like going more uh towards a decentralized model and like not getting the shared knowledge from a centralized thing uh but the, like the big sort of example they had and uh, tyler as a video game journalist you should remember this is uh nba elite 11 ah yes the classic game that was never released so uh so the like the research initiative was led by people on the team who who were self-taught in u.s research and like so basically it's like a bunch of people who have no idea about ux just like decided we're gonna append ux to our names or to our titles and go off and like and work on this um but then looped in actual ux designers and things like i mean things basically went off the rails like they that kind of sounds like nutritionists and uh dietitians because like nutritionist is not like a protected term, so anybody can call themselves a nutritionist. I'm a I'm actually a nutritionist. But um like dietitian is legit. Like you have to be licensed to become a dietitian. Well like so like there are a lot of people funny. there are a lot of people that call themselves like UX slash UI designers and like 
it turns out that they're like primarily better at the other and so I like one or the other and it's like I call myself a UX designer because like that's the thing I'm okay at and like what if you're actually better at UI where you're selling yourself short John <laughs> you know one of these days we'll, we'll probably find out um but like you know we went through an interesting talk about uh the, hearing somebody talk about projects that are actually a failure is like I mean like you can't go more failure than a game that's announced a demo is released like discs are fucking printed and like discs are printed and then sent out and then like the game is canceled like you can't like you can't like be more um humble than talking about a title like that so um i have one more panel i went to so i went to one more panel called um So I went to one more panel called Building the Future, uh, colon, Building VR Content for Small Teams. So, oh, was that with uh, Will Smith? Yes. That was with Will Smith of uh, Tested.com or uh, – Wild Wild West and Bad Boys. Wiki Wiki Wild Wild. Uh, so – Did you know that they're making – What? I think they're making a new Bad Boys movie. Really? I think so. Dude, Martin Lawrence is still alive. Yeah, Martin Lawrence is still alive. Why do you think Martin Lawrence is dead? Dude, I fuck with your friends, but damn, Gina. Um, Bad Boys for Life, 2018, coming out November 9th. Uh, so, so it's interesting. Like, so it's interesting from like a, a interaction design standpoint. Like what they're talking about at Foo. It's like they went into this thing where there's like creating this. Um, they were they were talking about like. How do we make a talk show in VR? Do we do 360 video? Do we something uh, traditionally pre-rendered like a like a you know an animated movie? And and neither of those really worked. Um, so they decided to work on like a procedural animation thing with very few inputs, and that has its own like shortcomings in that like us as human beings are like very sensitive to. Um, incorrect like human kinetics like when we see other things that are supposed to be human and they don't look like they don't act as we think humans should uh that's messed up right uh, yeah that, when i when i met alex who know at psx i was like what is going on here you just moved like a robot <laughs> uh <laughs> uh so like they're the the traditional like obvious cheats for for stuff like this is like when you play a first person shooter um they put the camera in the in the chest right and like they don't all the other characters are pre-rendered but like when you when you can't predict how uh when you're trying to do something like slightly dynamic you can't really do this um, and when you're when you're actually using consumer tools for this, so whether you're using like Oculus or uh, or Vive, you only have like so many degrees of of things to measure when like the human body has hundreds. So um, they had to interpolate a thing, a lot of things. So like things that normally upset like your perception of. Uh, even fake people is like when a human body moves in a non like human way. So 
like jumping and running are, are big issues. So like uh, when you're trying to measure things with VR, like if you're just using a five and a person leans forward, they you can interpret that as them leaning or like crouching and literally moving forward. So they talked about like some of the things they did to like counter that, like they literally strapped a five controller to people's chests. So um, they figured out that like art sets expectations. Um, so if you like start with anatomy that doesn't support human movement. So if you like start with a character from, from journey or something and you uh, have them move in a way that is like a character uh, and something that communi can communicate like body language, you don't necessarily have to have them um, be human. Um, Tyler, as like a person that I have 100% only interacted with on the internet, um, I feel like we can like kind of kind of get with this. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you got to. Uh, they talked about inferring leg position from balance. That's that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, so they said the walking isn't great, but, um, when you're watching, like when you're watching somebody be in a talk show in VR, uh, not a lot of people are focusing on the legs. So it's, it's more important to talk about the, like, or, or sorry, uh, think about the, like things people are focusing on. So what they did do is, uh, they figured out like without any eye tracking, they figured out they could make their virtual characters in this like virtual talk show, uh, even if the you, the those characters were not originally looking at uh, in any direction, they can make the virtual character like look at the player character, and so like they can create eye contact and uh, imply uh, body language that way. So like yeah, that's really smart. Have you have you uh, have you seen the, the like a pilot episode of the foo show i, I it, saw it but not in vr uh, um, it's not on psvr you have psvr right? not yet it is not on psvr yet so so i've done it in oculus and like it was like a, a pretty interesting experience is that the firewatch one yes and like firewatch is uh as we all know is is uh my my game of the year 2016 uh second place inside oh, oh wow I, I love that game. Like, you want to talk about Firewatch and how it's the best game of 2016? I, I can go ahead and talk about that. You should, you should play uh, Night in the Woods, which just came out. I, I, I probably will. Like, you made me play, you made me play Inside, and <laughs> it turned out to be my second favorite game of last year. But, um, so what they figured out is, like, you know, it's not necessarily important to, like, map things one-to-one, -one, but it's really shocking how uh, a person can infer from low fidelity body language what the like original intent was. Um, so like you can kind of, this, this is one of the most interesting talks like I've seen about VR. Um, Cause I, I you know, I, I saw some talks last year about VR, but you know, recreating everything's not super like important human beings can pick up on certain things and won't be distracted by others so like when you can figure out what somebody can infer and what you can cheat on it's uh you know 
it, it works a lot. So they talked about like immediately creating the best possible teleconference teleconferencing solution because like even if the person is not really looking at you, they can <laughs> if they're if their character if their character's eyeballs are following yours, hey, at least you feel better about yourself. Um, so they can like create eye contact from characters to the viewer, regardless of what the original person was actually looking at, because without using eye tracking at all, because like they know where the player character is, they know where the original participants were, and they could just create that eye tracking. Eye tracking. Man, I wish I went to like virtual reality school when I was like sleeping. <laughs> teacher would just see me like staring attentively instead of uh, <laughs> sleeping through class uh they have a, a really interesting quote that was like when you control the environment you can get away with a lot so it seems like uh, they figured out when so uh they talked about like long-term shortcomings like uh when like their technology is like still pretty nascent but like uh if you try to lay down on the ground, things are going to go shitty. Like if you, they always assume that you have a rigid spine, uh, your, your face and hands aren't expressive, but like, I'm really starting to think about the way the Fu show is doing things is, uh, is really like, you know, as a designer, like the way I think about low fidelity wireframing software, like I'm just, you know, dragging, dropping these things. I, I need to communicate an idea. And so, um, you know, having seen some like other solutions for for ways people are like handling, uh, you know, uh, communication in virtual spaces. Like, um, I don't know. Have you spent much time in? Um... Hey Tyler, you ever played Rec Room? I uh, know, but I'm very familiar, <laughs> very familiar with it. <laughs> See the thing, I, I knew what you were talking, you were thinking of that entire time, and I was like, I haven't played it, so. <laughs> so what? Yeah, I'm, I'm so, so like, you know, it it felt like that, like, uh, like you can communicate emotion and like a lot of stuff in Rec Room, uh, but <laughs> the face and hands are not expressive at all. Uh, the 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 one time I the one time I spent six hours in Rec Room. I, like, went on this, like, incredible journey with this guy playing disc golf, and then, like, he turned into a horrible racist at the end, so. <laughs> yeah, it's really impressive just, like, how expressive you can be in VR, even with, like, a limited tool set. Like, we're not there yet where you have, like, full control of all this stuff yet. You can really have a connection with another player. Yeah, like, I had a great time with that guy up until the point he got, like, super racist. Like, but, like, you can really... um on interaction but like you know you can infer a lot but like you know basically blocky hand movements and uh and and you know basically the like the mouth moving and you know oh by, by the way the thing that john cut out was like 15 minutes of us trying to figure out the name of rec room <laughs> i cut that out so um so like here's a clarification like i'm releasing this to uh I'm going to send this to my colleagues tomorrow. I'm going to edit this and like, make sure like, uh, I don't sound like too much like a drunken idiot, but this is like my day one wrap up of GDC. Thank you, Tyler trees. Oh, thank you. It was very fun. God. Like caring about all the, all the awesome panels I couldn't be at. So thank you for doing that. <laughs>